0: here on WDAY 701 that's your local number 888 that's your toll-free number email me talk at WDAY.com good afternoon Natil.
1: good afternoon Rob how are you today
0: doing good how was your weekend
1: not too bad I had a, a fairly quiet Saturday and then Sunday was Super Bowl Sunday which was a very interesting ball game, all things it, told.
0: It was, I, I'm, not a, I'm, I'm not a football fan, I, I think. I think most of the listeners know that. Um, <laughs> You're I, a I baseball in, guy. I, I tune into a, a football game once a year. I watch the Super Bowl every year, uh, mostly because it's, a, you know, it, it's one of the few moments left in, in society where we're all watching the same thing. Right. I mean, it's 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 one of those very few moments left where everybody's kind of tuned into the same thing because we have so many different distractions, so many different ways to spend our time now, so many different ways to be entertained that this doesn't happen often. So I I tune in just kind of for that reason. And um, it actually I found myself admitting it was actually a pretty good game. You know, it was actually kind of fun to watch. Uh, Most mostly I like Super Bowl because it, it marks the end of football season in the beginning the dawn of a new baseball season.
1: Oh, blah, blah, blah.
0: <laughs> but it was a pretty good game, I thought, actually. I, I don't know how anybody just from, I, and I understand Atlanta fans got to be taking it pretty hard, but other than that, I mean, it was just a good football game, right? I mean, that's... It,
1: was, it was. It was a very good football game, and I, I had feelings two ways about it because at first I was enjoying the feathery vengeance against the Patriots who stole the AFC championship from my Pittsburgh Steelers, but then, you know, the Patriots made an amazing comeback, and you really got to respect them for that. And now, okay, so the Steelers lost to this year's Super Bowl champions. That's that's not the worst thing in the world that could have possibly happened. And New England still doesn't have as many Super Bowl victories as the Steelers do as a franchise.
0: Whatever gets you through the night, Natiel.
1: I get. Well, sometimes I got to do stuff like that. Okay.
0: <laughs> so the other thing was obviously the uh, the halftime show and. um, Lady Gaga, and I thought she did, you know, normally it's so fashionable that that everybody bashes the the halftime show, right? I mean, that's, it's almost like, it's almost just sort of a rote, knee-jerk reaction, everybody's going to harsh on the halftime show, but I thought it was great. Um, I'm not, I'm not, and I say that, I'm not a Lady Gaga fan. My musical tastes tend towards bluesy rock and twangy country. So I'm not like gonna rush out and buy one of her albums, but she's a heck of a performer. It was a fun concert, and nobody got lectured about their politics, which to to me seemed to be like like sort of the big thing. It was kind of funny to see her applauded for something she didn't do, which was not lecture everybody about politics or not rub one her political views in everybody's face. She had a very heartfelt beginning sort of talking about how we're all Americans. The drone thing was amazing. I, I was know, sitting there trying right? to figure out how the, how the heck they did that? That was amazing. Was that some, was fantastic.
1: There were some hundreds of drones being flown for for that beginning and the 300, very end. I
0: think. It's yeah. it's crazy. It was a lot.
1: But like like you said, she didn't necessarily she she had a couple of sort of political statements I guess go out, but not in a way that was divisive. She it felt very inclusive because yeah. at the beginning she had that very heartfelt uh, mash of, of two very patriotic and very well-known American songs. And then she did include a bit from Born This Way, including the um, no matter gay, straight or bi, lesbian, transgender life lyric, yeah. which I think was appropriate for her. And appropriate for the people. That I honestly don't hom- know a
0: lot of people, even even among conservatives, who even see that as, as all that political anymore. Well, I, I just I don't I don't know how bothered people are by it.
1: Really. There 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 are probably some, but th- that was really it. And as far as Lady Gaga is concerned, she could have done a lot more.
0: <laughs> she and, and the thing was is it was it was calculated. I mean, it was. I, I think her approach to it, she meant it to be something that wasn't going to be in your face political. I, I think she came into this, let's just have some fun together. Let's not make it about a political message. Uh, she had a pregame interview with Michael Strahan, and she said, I quote, I have an opportunity with this performance to show a different part of this country that those who think that they are so different from me and my fans to see that our hearts are really the same. Uh, to me, that's, that's a unifying message, and – she pulled it off. You know, I I sit here as a as a conservative who probably on a lot of political although I'm conservative, libertarian, atheist, so I don't I'm a little all over the map. But for me, you know, I'm not inclined probably to agree with her on most of her politics, and I thought it was great. And I I think not it it, it, it sounds paradoxical, but it almost as though the absence of an of an over, over overbearing political message, of a forthright political message was in and of itself sort of a political message. Um in that she was almost saying let's maybe stop screaming at each other. Let's let's stop forcing this stuff down one another's throats, right? I mean it's, it's such a departure from every award show lately, from every, you know, Twitter posting, from every, you know, major media event that we're just going to have some fun and we're going to let the political stuff go for a while.
1: I mean, come on, she she had a shout out to her dad.
0: Yeah. Which, hi mom, hi dad. That was great. That was great. I got chills actually when she did that. Oh, I mean, how I, cool. I got I
1: got all teary at that. Uh, yeah. And and she was she was very real. There was no lip syncing. She and she was doing all her own flipping stunts when she was coming down from the roof of the she stadium.
0: Is- like I said, I'm not I'm not a fan. She is gloriously weird, though, isn't she? I love I, mean,
1: I love Gaga. I really love Lady Gaga.
0: <laughs> it was like, it was like we go from this very patriotic message up on the dome, and then she does this like weird spider crawl. Oh, she down. was Spider-Maning down. It was the best. Like if
1: I had the opportunity to Spider-Man repel from the top of a Super Bowl stadium, you can bet I would take that opportunity.
0: It's uh, yeah. I, it was it was it was weird. It was entertaining. I, I say weird in a good way. Um, entertaining. Uh, it was fun. Uh, it wasn't divisive. And I, I think those are all things that Americans needed right now, uh, you know, especially because on both sides we have Trump who, I, listen, behaves himself like an a-hole. We have, you know, uh, meanwhile, on the other side, we have people who are so hysterical over Trump. That they want to ban books, they want to, you know, that we've got violent protests going on. That was actually the subject of my Sunday column, and I had to laugh a little bit because it prompted a uh, it prompted a letter to the editor. Uh, But I, I'm really worried about some of the things going on on the left, and I say that not to say that that, you know, the, the right's conscience is entirely clear in this regard, but. I very much worry that on the left they have they have become so convinced that they are fighting evil that they're the ones on the right side of history and everybody who's not on their side is a clan member that I think in their minds it justifies a lot of the things that they're doing where we saw you know violence on ele- you know election night you know and 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 the days following we saw violence on inauguration day we see violence in a lot of these left wing move- movements whether it's the Anti-pipeline movement here in North Dakota, whether it's Black Lives Matter nationally, whether it was you know Occupy Wall Street or that the Occupy series of protests—it's they're justifying violence, and that was sort of that was the point of my Sunday column, and it, it prompted uh, a letter to the editor from uh, gentleman uh, Matt Smith. He writes, "I quote: Forum News Service columnist Rob Port has made a career. He put square." Scare quotes around career uh, to, uh, I guess, belittle me. But Anyway, uh, career out of being a mouthpiece for a conservative movement that has become more bigoted, exclusionary and dangerous by the day. So a strike out against the horrible left for their violence and vandalism in the wake of Trump's election is laughable, but not surprising. Port can hedge all he wants, but at the end of the day, he supports a party that has no respect for religion, race, or gender, unless it's the one they approve of. By supporting Donald Trump and Trump's ilk, Port supports mass discrimination of religious groups and assault on women's reproductive rights and an increasingly confident white nationalist movement. Um, and, and, and first of all, I'm not a Trump supporter. I didn't vote for the guy. I'm still pretty skeptical of him. Uh, I think he's doing some right things. I think other ways, other things he's doing are, are leaving me pretty cold. So calling me a Trump supporter will take some points away from accuracy there. But, but what interested me about Smith's letter is that he just sort of acknowledges that there's violence on the left, that that, 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 that the, you know the, the stuff at Berkeley, the stuff on inauguration day, the stuff on election day, that this has just become sort of part of the way the left does politics. He just acknowledges that. But then justifies it by saying that that you know, the, the right is evil and all these things, and I guess you can believe them to one extent or another. But to me, that just illustrates my point, is that the left has come to believe that they're fighting violence, that they're opposed to violence, that they are on the right sides of history, and everybody else who doesn't agree with them is not on the right side of history. And it's, it's, it's a scorched-earth approach to politics, and I think it's beginning to manifest itself – in violence. I think that's the reality that's going on. Uh right now, and, and again, you know, throughout history, neither side of the political aisle has, has a has a monopoly on the moral high ground. So I'm not I'm not I'm just saying right now, at this moment in time, I think the left's got a problem and they need to reel in some of the stuff that they're saying. Which which again is why I thought Lady Gaga's performance was so nice because that's what we need. Some oil on the waters. Let's calm down a little bit. More to come straight ahead. 701 Email talk at wday.com. We'll be back. Don't go away.
1: The white and the blue got taken. And they name the baby rock and roll.
0: report here on wday this is the rob report 701 293 9000 888 next segment we're going to have on daryl Lee's from the north Dakota farm bureau we're going to talk about this legislation uh, regarding well it's it's about property rights fundamentally um currently under north dakota law there is there is a presumption of of land being open to the public unless it is posted by the landowner, which which essentially means like like for hunting. If the land isn't posted, you're free to go go hunt on it. It's up to the landowner to post the land. He has to put out signs uh, in in conspicuous places that have his or her name on it, and. I, I don't know. I, I mean, to me, I, I don't like this idea that, that we have a presumption to access other people's properties. Anyway, Darrell Lee Darryl Lee's fr- from the uh, North Dakota Farm Bureau is going to be on to uh, talk about that. I, I think there's a lot of politics behind it. I, I think the most immediate politics are, of course, during during the the no Dapple Dakota Access Pipeline protests. We saw a lot of the protesters go on public land. And, and the reason why a lot of the, the cases against them for criminal trespass— <clears throat> which they were pretty clearly I mean they, they were clearly on the land, but it came down to whether or not the land was properly posted um, you know the the state officials that I've spoken to said it was pro, uh, posted unfortunately, the protesters tore down the signs so how do you prove that beyond a reasonable doubt that the people who were on the land saw the signs if, if the signs got tore down at some point by other protesters it's it creates a situation where essentially you can't go in and prove that case beyond a reasonable doubt. Given the requirements currently in law, um, so that, there's that. I, I think there's also sort of a larger sense of angst between farmers and landowners and the the outdoor sports community regarding access to the land, where landowners are sometimes fed up with with some members of the outdoor sports, you know, some hunters, some hikers, who are less than respectful of the land. They leave gates open. They leave trash laying around. Uh, they harass or injure livestock or even kill livestock. Uh, you know, some some farmers that I spoke to, you know, it's, it's a real hardship for them, and it's, it's very difficult for them to control access to their land because, again, it's pretty easy to rip down a posted sign out in the middle of nowhere and claim that it was never there. Right. I mean, it's it's pretty easy to do that sort of thing. So how do you if you're a landowner and you want to keep people off your land, how do you do it? Well, this legislation changes the presumption, saying basically, if you want to get access to someone's land, you got to you got to talk to them. You got to make contact and you got to get permission. Um, I think that's a good thing. And, uh, you know, I, I it's it's something I think pushed even more when you have groups like Ducks Unlimited. Remember, in the 2014 cycle. Ducks Unlimited and and other related groups, which, which, by the way, often have a political agenda that I think is pretty outside of the scope of the politics of a lot of their membership. You know, I, I think a lot of people go to the banquets and, you know, put the stickers on their pickup trucks and don't really understand a lot of what Ducks Unlimited is trying to do these days, including Measure 5 in the 2014 cycle. Remember when they tried to set up that slush fund for themselves, funded by oil tax dollars. Yeah. So you have groups like Ducks Unlimited who are carrying on uh, as though, you know, these landowners don't really have rights to their land, right? They want to do all this stuff. They want to encumber this this land with conservation easements and everything else. And I think landowners are fed up to it. You know, in, in a lot of ways, I think groups like Ducks Unlimited are not doing the sportsmen sportsmen and women that they they claim to represent any favors by pursuing this other more sort of left-wing agenda for 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 conservation and which is really just you know the latest euphemism for environmentalist you know you have a lot of that going on so there's a lot of complicated politics around this anyway we'll talk with um like i said we'll talk with Daryl Lees from the North Dakota Farm Bureau about that. And, of course, welcome your phone call, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Been a hot topic on the blog uh, so far today. Oh, let's see. What else did I get up to over the weekend? We went down to the uh, public library, which uh, which we always enjoy. Uh, I have, we have a lot of fun. I really like our local library. Um, there There is so much to access there that I think a lot of people don't even – don't even know. We took the kids down there. Everybody checked out books. Uh, I got a book I ended up finishing over the weekend. It was called To the Bright Edge of the World, um, which was based on the Henry Allen exploration of the territory of Alaska shortly after the uh, sh- shortly after the United States purchased uh, the territory from the Russians. Uh, fantastic book. I actually ended up reading it. I read the entire thing this weekend. Now I'm on to a biography about the Romanovs, which I'm actually pretty excited about. Started that this morning uh, before I started my day. But do you, you ever get that? I, it's, it's just the most wonderful thing in the world when you find a book that you just can't put down. I, I don't know. There are, there are other feelings that are as good. I don't know if there are many that are, that are better than that feeling right there, to know you've got this book that's wonderful, although that makes coming to the end of the book difficult. Kind of bittersweet because you reach the end of the book, but there's no more book to read. I don't like that feeling so much.
1: I had an awful experience like that when all of the Harry Potter books finished yeah. because I grew up with with Harry Potter. And when I finished Deathly Hallows, I had like about five five minutes of very quiet silence. And then I just started to cry as a yeah. 17-year-old girl because I couldn't handle the fact that it was over.
0: You know, it's you know what's even tougher is that when you know that author also like passes away like like a lot of the science oh fiction God I authors, don't even I, I don't like, even want
1: to think about when that day comes
0: and not, not, not that I'm, I believe I don't want you know not saying I want anybody to die but I'm just saying it, it compounds it because now you know it's real like as long as they're alive there's always the possibility yeah well, it's that like they might when revisit it, that universe it's like, but, like when
1: Ray Bradbury passed away
0: yeah it's tough it's tough. Anyway, the book I read, it was to the bright edge of the world. It was wonderful. It was set in the Copper River area of Alaska, which, by the way, is where I grew up. So maybe that's part of the reason why I like it. If you're looking for a good read, boy, you could do worse than that one. I thought it was great. Hey, Daryl Lees from North Dakota Farm Bureau coming up next. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob Portz sitting in uh, <clears throat> here on my own show. Gosh. Uh, so, uh, so while well gu- since you've done that. I- I- I've done so much guest hosting, it's just ingrained into my pattern, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> 701-293-9000, is the toll-free number. Email talk at WDAY.com. Uh, let's see, uh, State House of uh, Representatives is actually debating a number of... Uh, bills aimed at protesters i think they actually just took up the mask bill right now anyway i'll have uh, coverage on it for uh on sayanythingblog.com after the show but right now we're going to talk about legislation in the state senate it was introduced by uh senator don shibley it uh he's a republican from mott and it would change the relationship between uh you know sort of uh men and women, out, outdoors enthusiasts, and, and the people who own the land uh, that people want to hunt and, and hike and and do other stuff on. Here to talk with me about that is Daryl Lees from the North Dakota Farm Bureau. Uh, Daryl, welcome to the program. Thanks for your time.
2: Well, good afternoon, Rob, and thanks for uh, asking me to come on and share with you today.
0: The legislation is SB 2225. Tell me what it does.
2: Oh, Senate Bill 2225 does, Rob. Is it... Uh... It, it places back the inherent private property right that we're, we should be entitled to in this country. And, you know, private property is a very fundamental uh, right, uh, kind of the, you know, you can't have protection of personal freedoms if you don't protect private property and the ability to have private property and feel safe on it. So what it does is in North Dakota for, for a long time, folks have been able to access property. If it wasn't posted saying you need to stay out, uh, basically laying the claim to that right and, and notifying people that you're laying a claim to that right, you could go on it. Um, you could go hiking on it. You could go hunting on it. You could go, you know, whatever whatever you wanted to do out there as long as you weren't, you know, intentionally harming the land, of course. That gets into the criminal activity. But uh, you could access this without having any permission from the landowner or the tenant, and then this changes that, that you need permission to go on all land, it doesn't have a requirement of having that poster up there saying that it's private property, stay off.
0: I I like this legislation, and I am for it, but I'm going to ask you some questions that, that are common arguments against the legislation and play a little bit of devil's advocate here. One thing that I have heard in, in relation to this bill is that because agriculture is a heavily subsidized industry in various ways, and I, I guess depending on how we define subsidies, The argument is that that from some is that because we subsidize agriculture in various ways, therefore that allows the public some level of interest to be able to use that land as well. What's your response?
2: Well, uh, I think I've got a really good analogy that I heard uh, a conversation between a couple people that took place in the last couple weeks. Uh, The gentleman was telling this landowner that, that same thing, that, you know, well, you get subsidies, we should be able to come out there and hunt, and you shouldn't be able to keep us off. And uh, this, this property owner said to him, well, um, I happen to know you fairly well, and you've got a pool in your backyard. I'd like to just be able to come swimming anytime." And he goes, well, that's my private property. He goes, yeah, but your water in your pool is subsidized because without government subsidy, you wouldn't have a rural or a municipal water system. And that guy goes, well, you can. It's private property. He goes, exactly. It's private property. What, what kind of a business you're in, whether it's subsidized or not, the responsibility still lays on the private property owner for the upkeep, the taxes, the, the liability responsibilities and all that. And to know that you are safe. I mean, this property out there, it's, it's those people's homes. It's our homes as farmers and ranchers. That property is our homes. That's, that's our land we live on and make our living from. It should be respected
0: as such. And not just not just your homes, but also your, I mean, if, if, if we're talking about land that's being used for production agriculture, it's also your business. You know, it's your place of business. I mean, there are right. crops there, there are livestock there, and that is that is one consistent frustration I hear is people leaving gates open, people harassing livestock, people damaging crops uh, because they're out there and they're they're using the land and they're using it, you know, to pursue hunting or fishing or whatever it is they're doing, which are great pursuits, certainly not against those things at all, but sometimes not cognizant of the fact that that land is somebody's livelihood and also somebody's home.
2: Right, and and the fact that they've got activities going on out there day-to-day, the activities of, of making a living from that land, engaging in that business. They've got family members or, or uh, folks that are employed to be out there. And just to know, it, it's a respect issue. This bill is about respect, safety, and private property, Rob. And and it's respect, safety, and private property for all kinds of property. I don't care if you own, you know, tracts of land in western North Dakota or eastern North Dakota or in town, you own a business or a house. All private property deserves respect.
0: 701-293-9000, if you want to join the program, 888-970-9329. Certainly email as well, talk at WDAY.com. The other common argument that I've heard actually comes from from some landowners saying that they don't leave it as it is because they don't want to be bothered with, you know, a thousand people or a hundred people a year trying to contact them to get permission to go on the land. They just want to deal with it the way it is. Would this create a problem, you know, a, a bottleneck for people wanting to access the land for hunting to where you're going to have, you know, farmers having to uh, deal with, you know, a lot of people calling them every, every year to, to try to get on the land? Is that too much of a hardship for property owners?
2: Well, I, you know, I, a good, true ethical sportsman does that in most cases anyways, whether it's posted or not. And and you see that happening all across the state. You see it happening in other states that, that have this law. But, look, and, and I can I, I can empathize a little bit with, Well, those folks that say that, they just kind of want it open, they don't want to have the hassle. So the the solution we came to the table with is, okay, in today's technology world, it's pretty easy to put databases together, or it's pretty easy to put, you know, some signing out there that doesn't have the restrictions to protect your property, but rather mark it as open, and, and, you know, open if respected. You can utilize our land for your outdoor activities. And to to do something together with the North Dakota Game and Fish and these wildlife organizations, I think there's a big opportunity there to be able to work together on something that's of common interest. If there's landowners that want their land open, let's work on that. But let's not put the onus on the property owner of having to say that he has private property, of which the law does now. Let's put the onus on those that want to access it or want to have open access, that's where the onus belongs. If you want to have your land open, that's your right. But so it's it's also my right to have protection of our property that we own and not have to say that we've got that right and to stay away. Protection should be inherent of that private property. Accessibility is where the onus should be for that affirmative consent.
0: I, I like the idea of, of saying let's just post let's just post allow people to post it as open. If you don't want to get a bunch of phone calls, put up signs that say, hey, go to it, you know, have fun. Uh, or I, like you said, I mean, there's got to be a way to create a website or, or something like that to say, you know, uh, hey, on your on your smartphone real quick, go register yourself here. Uh, and, and there's some sort of an automated process for giving permission and and, and there's a registry or something. I mean, there's there's got to be something like that. Like you said, there's got to be more creative solutions that just – this presumption of, of access to, to the land. We got a caller on the line. Rogers got a comment. Go ahead, Roger.
2: Yeah, I don't have a real problem with this bill. Uh getting hold of landowners might be a little harder with the days of the cell phone now. But I guess if this passed, I would like to see the North Dakota legislature lift the restrictions on the game and fish department from being able to buy marginal land and turning it into public hunting land. They're not allowed think? to buy land. in The state of North Dakota Game and Fish Department.
0: Yeah, well, there's, I mean, there's, it's and it's more than just that prohibition. There's also a prohibition on nonprofit entities uh, purchasing land. They can do it, but it's I mean, it's it's basically got to be approved by the governor. Uh, what do you what do you think of that, Daryl? What what the caller's proposing?
2: Well. In, in in our country the in state you know government's only supposed to really own enough land that it's necessary to go forward with the business that's uh, entitled in the Constitution so about government owning you know bigger tracts of land or whatever for for that kind of thing it's it's kind of an apples and oranges discussion here when it comes to this um, there's yeah there's other restrictions there's other laws that restrict that Uh you know, the, the ownership uh, rules in our state are, are different that way, obviously, also. But it, it, this we're, we're talking about private land here. So, I mean, you know, I don't necessarily, we at NDFB don't want the government owning big tracts of land. Um, you know, it's our country is founded on, you know, freedom and opportunity and, and self-reliance and those kind of things. Not government ownership.
0: Well, what about control I mean, let's property? Let's let's set aside the government. What what about say Ducks Unlimited? You know, a nonprofit organization that wants to buy up land. Shouldn't that be willing seller, willing buyer? Should, should, is that really something the governor should have to approve?
2: Well, you know, you make a good case and point there, uh, Rob. On you know, we you know, NDFB is involved in a in something that may uh, work towards changing uh, the ability for people to. Sell to who they want and do with what they wish on their land, and you know it's our it's our anti corporate uh, financial structure and corporate farming laws that restrict that ability. And you know we we believe if you have a willing buyer and willing seller outside of the government, uh, that's a whole different accountability because you're spending you know the people's yeah. money on something, and it it should be able to be a decision between the landowner at the time and the, the interested buyer.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like the caller's idea of having the government buy up land, but I, I do think there's some things we could do in terms of if, if, if a private property owner wants to sell their land to uh, a conservation group that's going to use it for conservation pursuits, you know, I think willing seller, willing buyer. That's, that's just how it should go. Uh, but th- you know, the larger point, again, you know, setting all that aside, if we're talking about a private property owner, the very narrow focus of this bill, they should have. There shouldn't be a presumption that that you can just go into their field any more than there's a presumption that you can just walk into my living room, right? I mean it's it's my it's my living room. You shouldn't be able to just come into my house or come onto my into my backyard. Uh, you know, we I I think most people who own a, a home in an, in an urban area would would you know sort of not like the idea of people just walking into their backyard. And yet that's our expectation for for farmers. How do you how do you feel this is going to go? Because my my perception is that you know rural area lawmakers are going are going to be supportive of this but it's the urban areas where this is going to be a tougher sell because in the urban areas you've got a political base that is largely sort of i think a lot of times sees all that land outside their cities not as owned by other people but as just sort of their their play area i think it's going to be a tougher sell for those urban urban lawmakers
2: well and and you're you're very correct in that uh um you Rob of it's gonna be a, a, a much harder sell with the urban legislator. However, we've got some urban legislators that are very staunch supporters of this. <clears throat> and and for the reason being is they they are conservative people that believe in private property is a as a direct link to our individual freedoms in this country. And they're gonna they're gonna vote that belief of what our country was founded on. And some of them are going to have a little harder time doing that because of political pressures. But in the end, we hope that they stand behind, you know, the, the freedoms of our country of, of owning private property and being able to, you know, we should feel secure and, and yeah. you know, protected on our private property. Hopefully that shines through. And that's the conversations that we're having with those folks. And it, because, and here's the other thing. It's getting billed as, you know, the, the sportsman side of it, which, by the way, Rob the large majority of property owners farmers and ranchers in this state are sportsmen and hunters right these same things apply to us but we want to hunt on our neighbors property
0: i think i think that's an important point to make and i break in here because we're running out of time that's an important point to make and i i don't think the i don't think the the goal here is to create a hardship for hunters or fishermen and women and and i i don't think that's the goal i just think there's a better way to do land access than the way we're currently doing it i think that's Absolutely. the way to look at it So, Daryl, thank you for your time. I appreciate it, but we got to go. That's Daryl Lee's president of the North Dakota Farm Bureau. More to come straight ahead. uh, We'll wrap up the show. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. Don't go away. Rob Report, not a lot of time. We went a little long with uh, Daryl Lee's in the last segment. Listen, I, I, again, I, I think the point to take from this, the legislation is not about hurting people who want to uh, you know, hike or hunt or fish or what have you. It's not about that. I think it's about making it clear in the law who the land belongs to. It belongs to the landowner. And if you want to go on that land, if you want to use it in some way, it's between you and... The onus is on you to get permission. Now, if landowners want to post and say, hey, go ahead, use my land, my land is wide open, you can use it for whatever. If they want to do that, they could post signs. But it shouldn't be the onus shouldn't be on the property owner to create a situation where they're telling you they don't want you on the land. The presumption should be you can't just go on other people's land. If you want to, you gotta get some sort of permission. I think that's a better way to do it. Anyway, that's it for me. You can catch me here Monday through Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. for 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. I'll be sticking over for the Jay Thomas Show, which comes up next. Don't go away.